in the early days of Christianity, something radical happened. And it's hard to see it from our perspective right now, but something actually radical happened in Christianity. So the, well, what was it that was radical? First of all, it was the, the Jewish belief in the Messiah, that is the Christ. So when you hear the word Christ, that's the Greek word for the Jewish word, for the Hebrew word, Messiah. It's the same word. So if you hear Messiah, you hear Christ, it's the same word. And the, the Jewish belief of the Messiah is that the Messiah would come and he would be for the Jews. That he would be like this King David and he would rise up and rail all the enemies of the Jews and, and bring this restoration of, say, Judaism, of Jerusalem, of King David, of his kingdom, of his messianic kingdom. That was kind of the belief is that the Messiah was only for the Jews. And, and you have to see why did they believe that? Well, just in their practices and the laws that it was forbidden even to enter into a non-Jewish household. What was called, non-Jews were called Gentiles. So it was absolutely forbidden to enter into a Gentile household, to have any kind of conversation with a Gentile. Less, and the reason for that is because God did not want the Jews adopting the ways of the Gentiles and worshiping their gods, in which the Jews got into a lot of trouble when they intermingled with the other nations. They started worshiping their idols, and that's what got them in trouble in their history. So by the time of Jesus, that, this is why you had Phariseeism because they wanted to totally separate themselves from that which, what they considered was impure. Now, a Gentile could still worship, could still follow Judaism. They were called the God-fearers. And they even had a place in the temple area where the Gentiles could worship. It was on the outer court of the temple. But they actually had signs on the inner courts in which only Jews could enter, they actually had signs that said, you know, only Jews must enter. And it said, no Gentiles should enter under penalty of death. That's how strict the laws were, under penalty of death. So here we have a, a total separation between Jews and non-Jews, Jews and Gentiles. And this is why Christianity was radical. Because it was seen the Messiah was only supposed to come for the Jews. And in Jesus' ministry, Jesus doesn't have a lot of ministry with non-Jews, with Gentiles. But he does have some. You see with the centurion, where he asked for his slave to be healed. And there's other instances that Jesus has with the Syrophoenician woman, where her daughter is possessed by a demon. 
and Jesus still works the miracle for her. So there's touches of Jesus's ministry where he's reaching out to non-Gentiles. And you can even see at the very beginning of Jesus's life, he's exiled into Egypt. Many believe it was for about seven years. And there is Jesus already at the beginning of his life, reaching out to non-Jews, the Egyptians, in which the Egyptians became Christian later. So this idea of a Messiah not just for the Jews, but for the Gentiles, is radical. That was radical in Jesus' day. It was radical for those who were Jews and lived Judaism, because they were supposed to be totally separate from the Gentiles. And the Messiah was only seen as, this is for the Jews. This is for the Jews' salvation. And yet, this is why it's radical. At the end of Jesus' life, Jesus commissions the apostles, go out into the, all, the whole world, baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Notice that he's saying, go out into the whole world. And he says, baptize all nations in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. He's calling them to go out to all the nations. Even though the apostles hear this before the ascension of Christ, they're still surprised they're still, the early apostles are still surprised when they see the Holy Spirit coming down upon the Gentiles when Peter comes to the centurion in his house. And the Holy Spirit comes down upon them as Peter is preaching to them. And Peter starts seeing, wow, it's the same Holy Spirit that came upon us as Jews. That's, it's the same Holy Spirit coming down upon the Gentiles. The Holy Spirit's not making any distinction between Jew and Gentile. So why should we make a distinction between Jew and Gentile also? And then they, what they begin to do is they begin to minister more and more to the Gentiles. The deacons that are, that are chosen or even Greek. And then they, they go out to Phoenicia. They go out to Cyprus. They go out to Antioch. And they're preaching the good news. And at first they were preaching to no one but Jews. But then some of the Christians, and that's what they were called in Antioch, some of the Christians, they begin to speak to the Gentiles. And, and the good news is accepted by many of the Gentiles. And then it just begins to spread there. That's like the beginning of Christianity, that it's, it's not just the Messiah, Christ. Christianity is not just for Jews, but it's for Jews and Gentiles. That has this global universal appeal. And the word Catholic that we use when we say Catholic church, the word Catholic actually means universal. So when we say Catholic church, all you're saying is that the church is, is universal. That is, the church is for people of every language, of every culture, of every nation or tribe on earth or subcultures on earth. The Christianity, Christianity does not replace the culture. So Christianity respects the culture of the people, respects the culture, respects the language of the people. But Christianity brings 
something into the culture, refines it, makes it better, brings these Christian, what we call Christian values into the culture, transform the culture from the inside out. And that's why Jesus is saying he's calling his sheep. And there are sheep that are listening to his voice. There are also sheep that are not listening to his voice. But he keeps calling them. And he has these sheep in his hands. And that the father has these sheep in his hands also. But that sometimes Christ calls his sheep through missionaries that he sends into the world. He calls his sheep through his priests. He calls his sheep through his bishops, through the deacons, through the religious sisters, religious brothers, even good lay people that are evangelizing on the radio, on television. They're reaching out to their brothers and sisters. Or if you just reach out to, say, a coworker, someone that's there with the good news of the, of the gospel. And a lot of times we think that we have to be perfect to evangelize. Actually, no, you don't. You could be, you could be a sinner. As a matter of fact, we're all sinners. So who's not a sinner? But I mean, you could be struggling in certain areas of your life with sin. You'd be struggling even, you know, with Christianity. And yet you could still evangelize. God could st still send you out. And you don't have to know the whole Bible. It's good to know the whole Bible. But if you just know a few passages that you're excited about and you just throw those passages out, like the Protestants do, hey, it's still the good news of the gospel. It doesn't matter, even if you throw a few passages out to them, to people. It's, it's like fishing. You throw a line out and you hope that they're going to catch, the fish will catch the lure that's out there. And it is good to know more, to know the Bible, have a proper interpretation of the Bible, because we could get in trouble if we don't. That's why Father Chris is giving you catechesis, so that you know more about the truths of the gospel. But at the essence of it, it's the Holy Spirit who's calling people, who's evangelizing, who's using. A great example, this is why the saints are great examples. Here we have St. Damien of Molokai today. And St. Damien was from Belgium. He wasn't even from the United States. He was from Belgium. And he joined the missionaries of the Sacred Hearts of Jesus and Mary. And he was called to come to the United States. But not just was he called to come to the United States. Now, I don't know if you know the United States, but we also have Hawaii. It's our 50th state in the United States. And so not only did he have to travel across the Atlantic Ocean, this was not by plane, this was by boat. <laughs> Imagine that in those days. This was in the 19th century. He had to travel by boat into the United States and then land on the East Coast, and then travel probably by train all the way across the United States into California, and then take a boat from California all the way to the Hawaiian Islands. Just think about the trip that it took him just to get to Hawaii, the Hawaiian Islands. 
halfway across the world. Just that alone is impressive. But then the island that he goes to that he finds out about is an island of lepers, Molokai. And now leprosy is very contagious. It was, you know, as you know, in the Bible, it was very contagious. Even 19th century, even to today, leprosy is still very contagious disease. If you're in contact with lepers, more than likely you're going to get leprosy. And he knew this. And there were about 800 lepers on the island. Yet St. Damien had this incredible love in his heart where he saw these abandoned sheep. They had no shepherd. They had no priest. They had no access to the sacraments. They had no one to teach them the good news of the gospel. They were rejected because they were lepers, because they were contagious. So that's why they were put on this island. And yet St. Damien himself went to this island with these lepers and not only took care of their physical needs, food, clothing, shelter, he built homes for them. He was very handy, really incredible. Not only would he take care of their physical needs, but more he took care of their spiritual needs. He would hear their confessions. He would give them the sacraments. He would baptize them. He would celebrate mass for them. He would show them how to pray. St. Damien was totally devoted to the blessed sacrament. They would see him praying. They would imitate him. He showed them the love of Christ. He showed them that they were not abandoned or rejected. He was working night and day. And he even was calling for help because it was, the needs were so great for him that he was calling for help. And there was, there was actually a, a group of Franciscan sisters that went and helped him. St. Marianne Cope is one of them, who went herself to Molokai to help Father Damien. And Father Damien, as he was helping the lepers, he knew that there was a chance that he would catch leprosy, which he actually did. He actually caught leprosy. And so the one who was giving his life for the lepers became a leper himself, almost like Christ, who he healed leprosy only to take the leprosy upon himself and his passion. He healed sin only to take sin upon himself and his passion. And same with these saints, they ministered to others, but then it's like they take on the disease of others upon themselves to show them how much that they love them. And so St. Damien suffered to the end of his life and actually died from leprosy. And the one who was taking care of him was another saint, St. Marianne Cope, who was actually taking care of Father Damien and who, who took care of the lepers. The amazing thing about these two saints, St. Damien and St. Marianne Cope, St. Damien contracted leprosy and died of leprosy. St. Marianne Cope worked with the lepers for the rest of her life. She never contracted leprosy. How do you figure that one? One, working with lepers contracts leprosy. The other works with lepers until the rest of her life 
never gets any leprosy. It's all up to God. It's all up to God's will as far as the sufferings that he's going to give us. But this good news of the gospel, and these are two saints because they had hearts that went beyond their borders. They had hearts reaching out to the abandoned, reaching out to the poor and the poorest of the poor and the rejected. And I think this good news of the gospel is for us today. Always try to find someone who does not know Christ. Try to find someone who does not know the gospel. Try to find someone who feels abandoned and rejected, who has never heard the good news, and reach out with the good news of the gospel. Be shepherds to them. Be shepherds to the sheep. We should, al- we should always be fishing as Christians. We're like fishing. And always throw out your fishing line. You can't catch any fish unless you throw out your line. That's what my dad used to say to me on the boat. You can't catch any fish unless your rod is in the water. So you got to throw your rod in the water. And sometimes you have to wait. Sometimes you have to wait when you're fishing before the fish bites on there. Sometimes you got to reel it up and say, this bait is not working. You throw that out and say, let me try a new bait. Sometimes you have to try different things throw that line out there and to fish and to even sometimes you rejoice even when you get a little bite. They nibble on your bait. We have the greatest bait in the world. It's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Christ has come. He has taken on our sins upon himself through his passion, his death, and his resurrection, he's restored our lives. He's taken away sin. He has taken away death. He gives us eternal life if we are willing to accept it. This is always the basis of the good news of the gospel. Even if you just know that, just preach that. Because that's good news to restore our life from within. Not from without, it's from within. It's a restoration from within. In. That's the good news that Christ gives us. This is the good news that the apostles began when they started preaching to the Gentiles. And it continued, has continued throughout the centuries. It's St. Damien of Molokai. There's another saint today, St. John of Avila, who preached in Spain. And it continues to our day with various missionaries reaching out with the good news of the gospel to people that have never heard it. And this reaching out to the gospel is not just in lands that have never have heard of Christianity, but also in lands that have had Christianity established in the land, but people have fallen away from their faith. People do not know their faith. It's, it's called the re-evangelization of Christianity and lands that were once Christian, but now have become pagan. And so this great missionary effort 
is sometimes beyond our borders, but sometimes it's within our borders also, where we can reach out with the good news of the gospel. Reach out in whatever way that you can preach the good news of the gospel. And do not be afraid, because as Jesus said, I am with you always until the very end of time. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.